Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Awesome. Beware the dangled carrot. How does that sound? Ever had a dangled carrot, something out there that's just off in the distance, but you never seem to get it? A lot of people do it in business, dangled carrot in business. They're always trying to do this, do that, and, and uh, there's always this carrot out. I've got another idea. It's like me. Oh, another idea, another thing, another thing you're going after. And there's that carrot hanging out there. It's just far enough away that you never quite get it. Well, I want to encourage you, beware of the dangled carrot. And uh, I have a great quote from Mother Teresa. She says this, Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow has not yet come. We have only today. Let us begin. I think that's a great summary of being satisfied with the now and not always chasing the not yet. Sometimes we spend our lives chasing, chasing the dream, chasing after the carrot, chasing after something, nothing wrong with pursuing things. We'll get to that later. But people who are chasing after this inevitable glory days or breakthrough or something that that is always off in the distance but never seems to eventuate in our own life. I believe if we have Jesus living inside of us and we're living in the kingdom of God, we will experience various elements or amounts of breakthrough now. And sometimes all it takes is obedience. Sometimes it takes some questioning of our own lives and having a look at our own lives. Hebrews 13, 8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. That means he never changes. He doesn't go on his Instagram likes, although they don't have likes anymore because that caused too much anxiety for people, so they take away likes. And he never changes. He doesn't mind what people's opinions are of him. He doesn't, uh, there's, there's not a greater level of anxiety in his life dependent on how the world is going. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. It's an interesting thought. It's a thought that actually I think settles us and grounds us as human beings. That so much of our modern life is, is in turmoil and changing and fast paced. Christ is the same as he always has been. The gospel is the same as it always has been. The way to eternity is the same as it always has been. Some of those fundamental pillars of life never change. And yet our lives chop and change so much and we're always chasing carrots and and going after new things. And yet Jesus Christ never changes. His word never changes. I want to have a look at a few things that I think have helped in my life and hopefully they're helpful for you in watching out for chasing after dangled carrots. The first one is our prayer life, praying. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, the door will be open. can be a very frustrating verse because it, we can go after all sorts of things and ask for a whole lot of things. And then after 10 years, we haven't seen much of that eventuate, so we question the word. We let our experience override the word. 
but we're meant to express our life and believe the word first and let our experience follow. So we begin to analyse then, okay, what have I been praying about? Has that been more my will and my agenda than it has been the Father's? Because Jesus did what the Father, he only did what he saw the Father doing. And in that aspect, he got the Father's heart for his own being and his own life. And therefore, his prayer life then followed that. And of course, the will of the Father was done. So when we're asking in the will of the Father, then we're actually already stepping into the the present and the, the being, if you like, evidence of that prayer life. And so we can be assured if we're asking in the will of the Father, 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 the V, then we're actually going to be stepping into the will of God and there's momentum on it already. We don't have to start our own momentum. I don't know about you, but particularly during winter, it's very difficult to start momentum, whatever it is. It's just cold. It's dark in the mornings and it's, it's hard. And so everything seems a little bit harder. But when we have the will of the Father, we have His affirmation and His belief already behind us. It's like wind in our sails. And so our prayer life begins where the Father leaves us. And so we hear His voice and we know, okay, I think that's in the will of the Father. We begin praying that into being. So it might be a business idea. It might be a a career path. It might be an investment opportunity or relationship or a situation or, um, you know, a lifestyle. And, And so we look at those things. I think that's in the will of the Father. And therefore, we know that our prayer is heard and there's going to be some momentum on that prayer. We're not going to be fighting against our own agendas and our own life and what we want to see happen. And so I believe that's a key in prayer life to actually sit there and realise that if we want to build momentum in our lives and see greater things happen, it begins in prayer. It doesn't end in prayer. Oftentimes we end things in prayer. Disaster happens, we turn to prayer. Problems arise, we turn to prayer. We don't know what to do with our lives. We don't know what to do with this situation. We turn to prayer. Nothing wrong with that. Most of us do it. We've all done it at various times. But how about we start in prayer? And so therefore the disaster doesn't happen. I think some of the greatest prophetic people are what we call Noahs. Not N O H. N-O-A-H, Noah's as in K-N-O-W, no. People who are Noah's, they know the will of God in a situation. And they're, they're great prophets to have around because they don't necessarily prophesy a whole lot, but they just know. They know the will of the Father. And so actually hearing the will of the Father, we actually get that inner knower inside of us where we know which way to go. And all of us have that compass inside of us. Every single one of us has a compass. If we know the Lord, we believe in Jesus, we are filled with the Holy Spirit and He is our knower. He is our guide. He's our compass. So in a situation when we feel uncomfortable and we feel some stress on it and we're just like, "Mm, something is not right here. Now I grew up in a, in a household where we would tend to ignore those things. And I don't know why, it was just, it was just a survival mechanism. It's like, no, she'll be right. It's okay. We're going we're gonna, to, you know, even if I'm feeling that anyway, we're going to beat it down and we'll still, still make it happen. 
Um, and it was interesting when Karen and I came together because I think, and John and Bronnie are here, they did very well with Karen, didn't they? And uh, she is more in touch with her Noah. And so uh, we had to learn over the first 22 years of our marriage, which we're still going in, um, that we're very we're built differently. And so she would listen to her Noah and go, mm, I'm just not sure why I don't feel right about that. And I'd go, come on, it's okay. It's we're fine, we can do this. And so we would have this this um, battle going on, if you like. Um, and there's been other times where it's been the other way around. I'm I'm not completely dumb. Um, <laughs> But every single one of us has a Noah. His name is the Holy Spirit. And he wants to speak to us. He wants to guide us in our prayer life. He wants to teach us. He wants to train us. He wants to counsel us. He wants to get alongside of us and champion us and help us through our journey. If you've never really asked him about some of your situations, ask him. It's amazing what he'll do. The funny thing is he'll make you wait a little bit. That's what I've learned anyway. Some of you, he may be a little bit, you know, you get to the front of the line somehow. Manipulation probably. (laughs) Some technique you have. But for most of us, it's, it's a patient waiting game. There's this funny verse in the Bible that says, Be still and know that I'm God. So how do we know that he is God? We be still. We be still, we rest and we pray and we listen. So rather than jumping ahead and trying to, you know, you're, you're going after the carrot. You're going after the carrot. No matter what happens, I'm going after the carrot. Meanwhile, your, your compass is going like this. Your Noah's going, I'm not, I'm not liking this. I've got anxiety. And, um, you know, anxiety is oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes I think it's that dangled carrot of pressure that we feel we have to attain, we have to achieve something. We're not achieving it. So generally in between there, there's anxiety. Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we have to rest to hear the voice of God in that prayer place, in a relationship with Him, so we know how to step out. The next one is our thinking. Starts in our prayer life, turns into our thinking. Because what starts in prayer normally then comes about. Now, sometimes it happens in dreams. I had a funny dream that uh, my wallet was, all my money and credit cards were taken out of my wallet. And so I opened my wallet this morning. I looked in and went, oh, good. That one, that one wasn't real. So sometimes you just have these random things. I have not done a survey, but I have talked to a lot of people about dreams over the years. It's a regular topic of conversation. Dreams are generally good, unless they're bad dreams. But prophetic dreams are very, very dangerous. I tell you why they're dangerous. Because I would never do anything on the back of a dream. Now, that may seem to be completely opposite to what, you know, great biblical people have done throughout history. But I think God always confirms these things over and over again. So a dream is an entry point. And I would say seven times out of 10, it's normally something the Lord's wanting to reveal to us, not necessarily an eventual event that's going to happen Uh, And so he's actually expressing something to us and saying, hang on, this is you in the dream. Don't try and tell that about everyone else. It's you. It's you. I was trying to speak to you. You want to prophesy to everyone else? How about you? You know, and this, this is the thing about building momentum and chasing carrots is 
Even in River Revival, Holy Spirit, Charismania circles, so often we're chasing this dangled carrot called revival. And I remember the, the time where I had a conversation with Wayne and Irene, I think it was, from Germany. And, uh, and I think one of them just randomly said, you know, what if it doesn't happen in your lifetime? What if it doesn't happen the way you think it's going to happen? Oh, I was a little bit offended. <laughs> Hang on. We've been doing the prayer. We've been fasting. We've been doing everything right. We've been seeking. We've been having conferences and all this sort of stuff. And it got me thinking. It actually shifted something in my thinking. Even that can be a dangled carrot sometimes because it can actually make us very evasive about the now because we're always wanting the future. But what about the now? What are we doing now? Right now, today, if we, if we want any other thing in life, we will generally begin an action plan in our life or we'll begin acting something out in our life. If we want to get healthy, we'll, we'll begin a process of getting healthy. Karen and I have had a throat thing the last few days and we have downed so much cold-pressed juice. You would, we've just about cleaned out Drake's shopping centre of their orange, oranges. And, uh, but we, we want to stay healthy. So we, we, we've spent hours pressing veggies and fruit and everything like this. The whole kitchen's been thrown into disarray because the juicer has taken over. It is, it is number one right now. But that's what happens. You, you do that, don't you? When you want something to happen, you actually put in an action plan and you get in there and do it. It's exactly the same with things with the Lord. We get, in, get into prayer, then he begins our thinking. Romans 2.12, very, very, very commonly read passage here. We're going to read it in the New Living Translation because I think it says it really, really well. It says, don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If you've ever been on a, on a, on a merry-go-round of never getting it right with the Lord, never knowing His will, never knowing this is a perfect place to start, don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world. Those techniques are not going to work. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Sometimes this, this is the absolute seedbed of greatness. Changing the way you think. Maybe changing the way you think about yourself. Maybe the way you, you think about other people. I've, I've told the story many times before we started in ministry. Karen and I and the kids all went over to the island of Jersey and we did a whole week long um, healing week really. Leader school, it's called, with Duncan and Kate Smith and, and those guys and Catch the Fire. And, and so we, we spent a whole week there and... Um, it was, I wasn't really looking forward, I was looking forward to the time away, but I wasn't really looking forward to five days of intense heart healing and sessions. And, and so I bought about a thousand bags of lolly snakes. Ever used lolly snakes or something like that as your, your out, just outlet? It's just, Karen said I was eating my emotions. <laughs> and she was right. Anyway, so I, I gorged the whole island's worth of lolly snakes. And, um, but meanwhile, on day three, it took me three days. I'm quite thick. And so it took me about three days 
to, to get into a place where I realised I've been one of the most judgmental people on the face of the earth about everyone else for every reason. I don't even know why. Uh, I look back and I think, why the hell was I so judgmental? But, um, but anyway, that's, that's what I did. And so, you know, I, I just had judgments on things and I, I don't really even know why. But the Holy Spirit brings to light these things if we allow Him. Some of us stay so dumb for our entire lives that we never stop, be still and know that I am God long enough to say, have I got a blind spot? Have I got a blind spot that's not allowing my mind to be transformed into his thinking? That's not allowing me to evidence the fruit that you've actually created me to evidence because every single one of you has a calling and a destiny of greatness. Every single one of you. I know even as I say that, a couple of you fearful, anxious, anxiety people are going, that can't be me. It's absolutely you. If we're created in His image, He doesn't create things in His image to just fill time. He creates things in His image to produce kingdom fruit. And we're all created to have that same DNA and that's why when we, we get in that place of prayer and we hear the voice of God and we begin to let it transform our thinking, it actually does things in our brain. You can read Carolyn Leaf books and all sorts of other scientific breakthroughs and on the amazing effects of prayer, speaking in tongues, spending time in worship. It does stuff to our cells. It does stuff to our DNA. It does stuff even to our thinking and our speech. And so therefore we immerse ourselves in this stuff and we begin to change the way we think. If you struggle with thinking bad thoughts about you, yourself, change the way you think by getting firstly into God's mindset. Get out of your own mindset and get into God's mindset because He says a lot of good things about you and He's believing a lot of good things about you. He wants you to achieve incredible things. He doesn't want all those second best things and frustration to follow you for all the days of your life. Don't copy the behaviour and customs of this world, I believe, because they will cause anxiety. Because there's a carrot that will never quite attain, and that equals anxiety. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's His will for your life. Good, pleasing and perfect. Not frustration, not anxiety, not stress, not weighed down by the cares of this world and the weight and the baggage and the heaviness and depression and all of this stuff. Good and pleasing and perfect. That's the Father's will for your life. The last one is then we begin to put in place some actions. This, I believe, is the tough one. I'm sure there's myriads of research you could go and research, uh, go and look up about how people, when they go to seminars or hear a preaching or something like that or watch a really motivational thing on TV, then they get all inspired and then the next day comes and it's cold and wet and rainy. It's like, oh, I'll wait till next seminar. I'll wait till next thing. And we don't actually put it into action. But powerful people take small steps. Powerful people take small steps. Not big ones, not carrot chasing, but actually very, very small steps. And I think I've downed about a thousand carrots in the last three days. So I have attained the carrot. <laughs> it is well and truly, it's well and truly, you know, I've got it. 
But beginning momentum in your life sometimes can seem like an absolute mountain. It can seem like one of the hardest things to do. So rather than just self-motivating and, okay, I'm going to achieve this, I'm going to do this, we, we go to the Father in prayer. And we say, all right, what are the things? Because, you know, we can't tackle everything at once. We've got to pick our battles, right? We can't tackle 10 things. If you're like me, you'll try and you'll do 10 things half-baked and you'll be like, oh, okay. But as I mature, I'm learning actually do one and complete it well or do two and do them really well and, and do achievable things. So, so mentally today, take note of one or two things that you can begin fresh new momentum in your life. So we get in the place tonight, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday with the Lord and we say, all right, Holy Spirit, what are you leading in my life? What do I need to remove? What do I need to get out of the way? And what can I bring about in my life that begins a new, fresh change of momentum? New, fresh change of momentum in my life. It's just called living with the Spirit. Paul writes about it. But, but we give it modern day words so that we can understand it maybe easier. But it's one of those things that, that I look at and, and sure, we start many things, but when the Father's on something, then we stay on it. And even if, even if it's cold and rainy and, and other things, it's, it's very easy to give up sometimes. Karen spoke about that a couple of weeks ago. If you don't quit, you win. I, I want to tell you a story. I'm, Jenny and Brian will remember this a, a little bit, but um, I remember when we became pastors here and we, we began to sort of look through the college, the school, Southern Vales, and um, began to look at some of the things. And, and Karen and I at home, we, we talk not as much as we used to. We used to talk a lot about everything. And now we talk a little about everything. And it's, it's a much better way to be, by the way. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, in the early days, we needed to. We were analysing, visionary, strategising, working out what, what Pete bits are going to fit into what, and, and God called us to reform. That's what he called us to do. It doesn't mean everything is wrong in the first place, but there's always a new generation. So we knew we were a new generation coming in, and he was showing us things, and Karen's Noah's going off, and I'm going, no, please, no, that's going to cause chaos. And, uh, and her Noah's going off, and I'm like, you're kidding me. Because what happens invariably, uh, she's not here, so I can explain this, can't I? Um, and she doesn't bother listening to the podcast. She's heard me speak enough, so that's just the truth. Um, but anyway, her Noah will start going off. And straight away, I'll get annoyed. Because I know I'm the one with the sword. She's the one with the Noah, and I'm the one with the sword. And if, if God ever raises you up to any level of leadership, remember this. You need a Noah, and you need a king. And, and it's what happens is, is it's not nice being the king. For those of you who want to be a king, it's not nice, especially if you're called to reform and transform and raise a new standard. And so Karen's Noah's going off and, you know, over the early years we're looking at things and I'm like, oh my goodness, all right, this is going to cause chaos. And sure enough, we went in and caused chaos, didn't we, Jenny? <laughs> Firstly, we found Jenny. <laughs> chaos number one. Then we changed the whole leadership team. I'm just getting honest with you. We changed the whole thing, the whole show. Staff, everything. Change, change everything over. Why did we do that? Because a new generation needed a new language. It, it needed reforming. I'll be honest with you. It needed reforming. Now, here we are 10 years later, a lighthouse in the southern region. 
a lighthouse in the southern region for Christian schooling. And we're standing stronger than most other Christian schools in the nation for the gospel, for Christian principles, for gender ideology, for other ideologies. And, and, it's, and we are a lighthouse. People are coming and asking us things now. But that doesn't happen unless you're willing to start in the place of prayer. Listen to the Noah. It's going to be annoying. Husbands, if your wife is a Noah, don't get angry. <laughs> Wives, if your husband is a Noah, don't get angry. It's, it's, one, of those, it's one of those things you've got to treasure, you've got to be careful with. But then at the right time, God will cause you to act. He'll cause you to act. And sometimes all it means is start juicing. There's your spiritual input for the day. Start juicing. Other times it's, okay, got to go back for more prayer. Got to seek some counsel. It's why we love having guys like uh, David Crabtree, Peter McHugh coming over in the next few weeks. We're having them really just for us. But we, we're, letting, we're letting them share with you guys. That's true. Karen and I need input too. So we spend time with them and we ask them questions and we, we talk to them and we listen and we see if God's got anything just to share with us, to sharpen us as well in what's he doing around the world, what's, what, what do they feel when they come. I always ask every, if they're a good speaker, if they're a bad speaker, I don't ask them anything. But we don't have them anymore, so it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> but all of the guys we've had in the last 10 years, um, I will generally ask them, so... Have you got anything to share with us? Have you got anything to share with us? And that way it leaves an opening for the Lord to actually share something with us. So I want to leave you with a couple of questions. What am I building? It's a question I ask myself regularly. What am I building? Am I chasing carrots all the time? Am I seeing any evidence of any of those desires? Am I spending time with the Lord hearing His voice or are these all just my ideas? Is this just my show? Am I running my own show? Because if we're running our own show, we won't even get to Romans 12.2 where we begin to think like Him and we begin to get changed thinking. But when we spend time in prayer, we actually get changed thinking and then He begins to speak to us and then what happens is our actions begin to come out of the Father's heart and so we begin to build His kingdom rather than our kingdom. But he allows us so much grace that he doesn't scold us. He doesn't step in. He allows us to do this stuff. I think he'd probably allow us our whole lives to do all that stuff. But it might mean our rewards are lesser in eternity. The Bible talks about rewards. A lot of it's based on obedience. Questions. I believe Jesus is going to ask us. A book of remembrance will be opened up and our lives will be unveiled before Jesus, the, the judge, and he'll stand for us and he'll have a look at some of this stuff. And I think obedience is going to be right up there. Did we hear his voice? Did we follow his voice? What am I building? Am I building his kingdom or my kingdom? Now, the good thing about God is he'll actually operate through our lives. So it doesn't mean you have to start a church or start a ministry or anything like that. Often he'll use us in the ways that we're talented naturally, gifted naturally, and so he'll actually speak to us very naturally and he'll begin to use us in very natural ways in transactions that are actually already our gifting because he gave it to us in the first place. What am I building? What am I building? Is it all about me or is it for the kingdom? Is there a greater purpose in what I'm doing? I'm actually going to leave it there because what, what I want to do, actually I'll get you to stand. 
I'd love to pray for people today. Um, and I don't want to embarrass anyone. So I'd love everyone's eyes closed and the worship team just to come up. But I want to pray for people who you, you would say, yeah, I'm, I'm stuck chasing carrots. Um, and I have, or maybe I have anxiety. I, I just felt that as we we're worshipping, just anxiety. I want to pray for that specifically. And so what I want you to do is um, no one's looking around, but, uh, but I mean that. For people who feel like you, you have anxiety, you stress about things that either are or aren't there, or there's always this pressure on your life, there's always this pressure to be more, do more, perform more, and you never feel like you can attain that lifestyle, that carrot, that thing, there's always a pressure, then I want to pray for you. And I believe God's going to move just even in this few minutes that we spend. I want, I want those of you who feel that just to put your hand on your chest or on your head, and we as a church family want to pray together for a breaking of, of anxiety off, off anyone who carries that today. It's a, it's a modern day thing. It's all, probably always been there, but it's heightened in this modern era we live in now. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come right now by your presence and your power you know our hearts, you know our lives, you know what we're doing, what we're not doing, and you know the reasons for that anxiety on our lives. And today, Lord, I ask that you would come and you would break the chains of pressure off lives and minds and hearts. That all anxiety, Lord, you would bind it all up and you would remove it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. I speak to that anxiety and I command it to leave in Jesus' name. I command it to leave in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would fill those people up with joy, fill those people up with peace, peace that surpasses all understanding. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your peace. Thank you for your presence. All anxiety leaves. Just let it lift off you now in Jesus' Name. It's just lifting off. That's what I sense. It's just gradually lifting, lifting, lifting in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. By His stripes, you are healed. By His stripes, you are free. In Jesus' Name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands as we're waiting and we're just going to ask the presence of God just to fall in this place and refresh and fill you even for this week, that there'd be spirit-filled actions, there'd be spirit-filled prayer, there'd be spirit-filled thinking, developing new minds, new thinking, new ways, new methods, that even this, there might be a release of the creativity of God and the momentum of heaven, the momentum of heaven. So Lord, we ask today, today, that You would release by Your Spirit fresh momentum on our lives fresh momentum on our lives. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, that You would help us in the journey, help us to 
get moving. Help us to hear Your voice and to change Your thinking. Thank You, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask for more today. We ask for more today. More of You. More of You. More of You. Thank You, Lord. Yes, Lord.